0: Everybody thinks they're this big. You can't see my hands probably on the screen. I don't know. But everybody thinks they're this big when in reality, here's our skill set, right? Right. We're we're not as good as we really think we are. And so honing the basics, 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 over and over and over.
1: Firehouse Vigilance presents The Weekly Scrap, a podcast dedicated to the never-ending fight against complacency. Here we go. Firehouse Vigilance Weekly Scrap, number 45. Excited tonight to have Justin Mann on. Uh, 17 years in the fire service, currently with Edmond Fire Department in Oklahoma. Training has been a huge part of Justin's career from adjunct instructor with Fire by Trade, uh, with Brian Brush, heavily involved with Mid-America Fools, OKC Metro Chapter, partner in Woods Forcible Entry. FDIC, hands-on training instructor, his passion for the fire service and first due engine company operations. He's involved with stretching for success. Uh, of course, his opinions do not necessarily reflect those of his department. I always like to give him the caveat. And so with all of that being said, welcome to Weekly Scrap, number 45, Justin, excited to have you here.
0: Uh, thanks a lot, Corley. This is awesome, man. It's humbled to be on here, especially with the lineup that you've had on here, man. Truly, truly, I'll be on here with you and share the share the night.
1: I appreciate it, man. It's going to have a lot of fun talking Engine Company, Operations, Hose, uh, Fire Service Culture. It's going to be a good time. To everyone watching live, if you have questions for me or Justin, please post them in the Facebook, and I will promise to read them out. And so with that going, we will kick this off. And basically, I'm going to throw it right to you, Justin, and say, just out the get-go, just kind of tell us your story, how you got to where you're at today.
0: Where I am today. Uh, well, by the grace of God, by all means, that is exactly why I am where I am today. Uh, that is between him and saving me and then sending me my wife to finally come tame this horse down. That is for dang sure. But as far as the fire service goes, man, I started volunteering out in Amarillo, Texas, where I'm from, met my wife. We moved out to Oklahoma, got on the airport for several years and then finally got motivated. I was in a huge rut there uh got motivated and started testing got on edmund and i spent the last 13 a little over 13 right at 13 now uh with edmund so currently at the driver position spent about three right at three years in the train division uh, and that's where when brush came on i was uh, one of the instructors for the for the academy which was and sense, a little intimidating all on its own when you got that guy coming Come into on. your fire academy and you like, it, it was just, it was fun though, man. Didn't really know him much, knew him about six months prior to that, got talking. And uh, so it's been growth beyond, I mean, exponential growth if you want to throw it with the brushes class and everything else. But since I've met him and getting just really into the job beyond that, it's been awesome, man. But driving, uh been over for a little over three years now. Uh, looking to whenever the promotions come up, let's see where the cards lie going to the lieutenant to the captain level, we'll see where it can take
1: where it's going to end. That's all. Awesome. Yeah. And the crazy part is, is how much you know, when you meet someone, I call them oxidizers, but how much oxidizers can affect the passion and fire of other people and fi- flaming them up. Because Brian Brush had a massive impact on me, also. So it's crazy how, yeah. how those people impact. Um, yeah. Uh, is there something, and this is, this is a question, I, I've really fallen in love with this question over the last few scraps because I've talked to some guys with a lot of time on, is there something you have learned in your since you were a young man, basically, and you have learned over that period of time that a young version of you would have laughed at or even called BS on?
0: A young version of me. Uh, I'd say maybe through the college years, I did not, I was going to, I was actually majoring to be a teacher coach and I completely changed my mindset there to become a fireman. And if at that point in time, which was, uh, I was going to, I was going to major in college algebra and go do the professor thing and everything else. And I literally, I, I uh, did the whole tutor deal for the college algebra class for one semester. And it taught me one thing is that I can't deal with people that don't understand math. so I thought it was the end literally the end of my teaching career and I and really didn't think it was going to go anywhere beyond that man I got into the fire service and now that where I am today and that's exactly what I'm doing is between the training division at the station level going around nationally and teaching it's I have pretty much come full circle it's just what God has made me to do between taking spiritual gifts tests and everything else, it's, that's it. It's that's it. to be a teacher. So Full circle. it's pretty awesome. It's fun. Yeah.
1: So have you, been, have you, uh, now that you're dealing with, instead of like at college algebra, but you're dealing with friction loss and coefficients is it, has it changed when you, nah. when you run into someone who can't quite grasp it?
0: No, no, it's, it's a little bit more patient now, a little bit older now. Okay. So it's, I got a little bit more patience, but all in all, it, it is funny when you, when you come across some old school guys that were, that might be from the pump to the, you know, end of the nozzle type people instead of the tip pressure working back. Uh, That's just kind of how my mind started working over the time was, you know, is working weight, working from the tip back to the pump and things like that. And some people just, it, it doesn't make sense. And still to this day, it's like 50 PSI to the tip and they're trying to actually, you know, pump 50 PSI and it's like this line won't work, but it's, the simplicity of flux and
1: everything else, it's, it's funny. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, patience is basically what you've learned over the last, over that period of time. Uh,
0: it's, Maybe. it's a continuous growth. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. Fair enough. Okay. Now, a big thing for you is finding that balance in the fire service. You touched on it earlier. We were talking on the phone and you said balance in the fire service and balance in lifestyle. So, I want you to talk on that for a minute and, and hit on that because that is something you're passionate about
0: yeah man i i love this job i love going to work it's you know it's i'm there at six check-ins at seven whatever it is i'm gonna be there uh my wife thinks i'm crazy sometimes she doesn't understand the mindset with it whatever it is but it's that's i love the job um so when it comes to okay question again what's
1: lifestyle again real uh, quick balance balance Balance. Yeah, yeah that's right balance
0: so, and, and that goes to it, man, this job can eat you up, you know, depending on how much you're into it and everything else, it can eat you up. It can take your time. It can take your family's time. And it depends on what you're chasing, I guess. Are you chasing to be better at the job? Or are you chasing to be famous in the job Are you chase, you know, do you want to be the next Brown box or what are, what are you wanting to do? What do you want to be? How busy do you want to be? Is it your life, your second, your third job type deal? And it's, it's all you ever do. And I get it. And it's, that's really what I do. But over the time, when I finally, it was about eight years ago that we had the opportunity to go to uh, the RIT train, the trainer at FDTN. And after that, that's when it like sparked for me. I got into the training side. I got into the job. I got into the details and it like opened my eyes to what was actually out there, not just in a bubble that I had been in. And so that it was like, I wanted all of it. I wanted every opportunity. I wanted everything. It was, I wanted to be involved in everything. I wanted to be a tech, at everything, man. And it just, you can do it. Don't get me wrong. But There are going to be people you are going to sacrifice, whatever that is. And it's going to be usually your time with your family to be able to accomplish something that, and you know, it's one thing to be going and taking the classes and saying, Hey, I got the tech course, whatever. But to truly be on the technician team whatever whichever it is they'll set up anything else and that's kind of where i've laid my bed is or made my bed is with the engine you know i love ducks but we don't run trucks really we have a truck but it's more you know manning personnel and things like that it's not getting roofs and doing a lot of different things but it's more just a secondary engine almost at the scene. so i ripped my specialty team whether it was trt for a little bit getting in, not into dive or swift or anything like that. But then it was like, truly the engine, engine became my specialty. And like my world opened up where after meeting brush and sure. you know, nozzle reactions and charts and all this stuff It was just like, everything was just amazing. Water fire conference, anything down in Pensacola period is just like, it was amazing. So that's really the passion that where it comes from and where it kind of led to. So, but the balance of it all, man, became very hard because i did my it it took what if you see a strong man usually what do you have behind them strong woman hell one hell of a woman man, and it takes one hell of a woman to call you out on your bs because through all that there was a lot of conferences there was a lot of drinking a lot of nonsense uh things that i had to overcome not on my own but by being saved and giving my life back to Jesus Christ and getting sober for over two years. And because I was going down a rabbit hole that you see many, many firemen get fired because of, or divorced because of, because you want, I wanted to be something. I didn't know what I wanted to be and it was just like I was filling a cup up and it never was full. And until I kind of came to my senses and realized where I wanted to lay my bed and get into my little niche or whatever it was, it finally started making sense man. and I watch you watch guys like finally get into the job and then it's all the podcasts right every it's amazing the level of podcasts that are out there oh, absolutely. the leadership the engine I mean there's a, everything if you want to get to know something podcast for it but when you first get into the job it's like this sea of stuff and you just start taking it in you know <laughs> every morning listen to something different going back and forth to work and it's you get ate up and you never actually spend time with yourself and being able to reflect with yourself and being able to find kind of who you are. And you're just trying to be all these different things until you, it was, it took probably about two years of that. finally it was like, I can't, this is eating me up. And I've got to find a way to balance it all out. And it was picking and choosing, you know, there's been opportunities along the way that with being with fire by trade and that spanning off and becoming into the part of the cadre just for success and there are times that you have to say, no, you, you get called up and man, that was a huge call up, not only with working with brush and fire by trade, but getting with Steve Robertson and stretching, yeah, stretching for success. Cause I was like in la la land, man. Worry, We're at man, FDIC. I was volunteering, you know, and brush got me there. That was exactly what Steve told me when we got there and he looked at me and saw me he didn't need for anything. He said, Hey, brush got you here. But it'll be up to you whether you stay here or become a part of this cadre. And I took that personal, man, and I work ethic and professionalism and everything about it.
1: Sure. It's like a challenge. uh,
0: Yeah, man, I did what I had to do and and Steve saw it and and had a lot of good conversations and still to date, but at the same time, just because Steve calls doesn't mean it's like, I got to drop everything and go, man, still got to take my family and just like right now, I would absolutely love to be on the beach in Pensacola, Florida. But guess what? I get to be with you and we're talking and we're who, who knows what we're reaching right now. Right. But it you know, it was my son's birthday this week and it was it was a no go. Right. You on. know, at first when it first came up, I was like, ah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with COVID and everything else, who sure. knows what was gonna happen back then, but I was like, I'm going, I'm going. My wife was like, That's Easton's birthday I was like, All right, the decision's made, I'm not gonna miss his birthday. So I wanted to be down there and I was hoping there was, there was a small little window. If the schools were going to go all virtual. I was just going to take the whole family down there. Right. To go have his birthday on the beach. But so, but that's, that's really the balance part of me getting into it and ate up with it and taking it possibly a little too far just between all the conferences and getting out there and away from home way too much as firemen were already away from home. So it's very selfish to think that I'm really that important in this world that I can go do what I do and second with my family. So that's really, no. And we do ask my family.
1: We do ask a lot of our families just, just in the normal uh, uh, performance of our job and our schedule. Uh-huh. And so it's easy for us to say, well, they're used to it. You know what I'm saying? They, they, that's expected. And it's, and it's really easy to fall into that trap of, well, they're just used to this. Yeah. And that's, that's what they expected. Yeah. They'll understand. My job's important. <laughs> right?
0: And that's right. Yeah, exactly what I did because it was, I mean, the easiest thing to do is plan a conference or if somebody was wanting a class, plan it over a four-day, right? Right. That made sense. I didn't have to take time off. I could take other time off when I, if I needed to be with my family. But then I go from my last shift. And I'm gone for three days and I'm back one shift and I'm back on shift. It's like, it's, it's killing it, man. Why would you ever, you're basically making your wife a single parent at that point. And that's just not right. So yeah. that's, that's my, my, getting into the teaching or anything else, man. Get into Balance it, but it out, don't,
1: mess. don't lose sight of what's the most important. For sure, man. Keep those priorities straight. I like that. All right, let me put my notes up here. Get back to my notes. Uh, the flip side of that, because also there is something else about that, and that's pushing so hard, like getting into the job, pushing so hard, and bringing it back to the station. You had some words on that earlier. I didn't know if you wanted to touch Oh, it.
0: yeah. Yeah, we – I mean, which in general, I guess, rank and leadership, informal formal leadership, when we finally started getting to go to FDIC, it was a young informal leadership group and trying to bring it back to the department. It was, it was hard. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we had people – that didn't want to hear it. They didn't have any stock in us because we really didn't have the great tenure. We didn't have the rank and all that. But over time, that's where, I mean, our study project started in 2015 and then ended in 2019 when we finally made the majority of the changes for the nozzles and then it continued to this year making the final kind of transition to the low pressure nozzles with the Sniper hose, Uh, you know, Greer, and it took almost it was actually six years almost wow and yeah. that's hard i mean no was like, looking back at it but it was like wow but you know it, it it did happen though and it was being persistent believed in what we were doing and did it and then station level man we all are on the cruise we know that 10 to 20 percent of the people on the in whatever department it is are all in you know if you have 20 percent of your department that's all in that you know you could look at any one of them in your station right now and be like hey let's go throw hose. You have no problem asking, let's go do some different hose loads. Let's go do whatever. And it's without a hesitation. They're there. there, That is, that is awesome. You know, and you have that middle ground. That's just there. That's going to kind of go back and forth. They want to do a good job. They want to serve the citizens. They want to do everything that they want to do. But then, you know, when they're out of the fire service, when they're gone from the station, it's not, that's not their gig, you know, their father, part-time business, whatever it is. And I can understand and appreciate that. Uh, running the part-time business that we run with the woods doordale i mean it it takes time away it takes time at the station sometimes on weekends and nights whatever it is but uh as far as the station level man and i know you've had my captain on Jeremy right. sanders Jeremy, yeah um, freaking amazing guy man he is that guy that is is eight up right now and he's got his own crew first culture podcast toss that one out there if you haven't heard that oh yeah jump on it uh but man, it is so awesome to have a captain, an actual formal, a guy in a formal leader position that is just the one that's like, hey, what are we doing today? Hey, what are we got? Instead of it coming from the bottom up, right. you know, water boiling from the bottom up, I get it. But it's really awesome when you have that captain, and then you have a guy like me, and then you got a couple other firefighters that are engaged, and it's like boom. But there's always going to be those guys that that aren't. They could care less the complete details at all. They want to know how to do it, sure, and they can do it but they don't care the mechanical advantage or the leveraging and all that stuff. It's just, they want to do it. They want to do the job. They want to be good at it. But if you go out there constantly day in and day out and beat them down, you know, depending on your attitude or anything else or shaming them out there all the time, you got to let them be them and let them have their time. But that doesn't stop us from going out there and doing it. But just, you know, they might need a break for the day, personal reasons, who knows what. But uh, being able to read people, being able to see where they're at and push them when they need to be pushed and, you know, get them involved. But, man, we can, and I've seen it, push too hard. You get out there and you, you start shaming people. People think you're better than them or you have that perception that you're making them look bad. And really, you know, if you can just be quiet, the informal quiet leader and just keep doing it, and then you gain one more, and then you gain one more. Gain and more. then the the, guy, the guys that are sitting in the recliners – Eventually they're sitting in their corners by themselves and they start turning their head and nobody's around and nobody likes to be alone. Like right that. on. Nobody wants to be that guy. They did not get into the fire service to be that guy. You know, whether it was a culture or time or an event in their life that they became that guy, man, they nobody if you find yourself that guy, you find yourself in a station of ten guys and you're by yourself, you better start thinking like something's not right here. Yeah, I'm not to, doing something right. Time to look <laughs> in that mirror. Yeah,
1: so no, that's yeah. awesome. Hey, and and I, and I love the fact that you said that. Uh, uh, you know Frank Viscuso and I quote him all the time because it's such a great. I don't, and he, I, I don't remember where he got the quote from, but it's in his book, Step Up and Lead. And he says, uh, if you can lead one, you can lead many. But if you can't lead one, you can't lead any. And I love that mm-hmm. because that's exactly what you're saying here. Is hey, take care of yourself, get out there and throw it, and eventually that next guy steps in. Then the next yeah. guy. I love that man. That's awesome.
0: Yep. And it's, you know, it's, uh I could say being, being that guy, if you're out there constantly doing it, not, not that it's exhausting, but like always having to carry people. Oh yeah. Like people, there's, there's, there's those people that just, sometimes you just, you're always having to carry them. And I'll say it. I'll say it for all they, the guys out there.
1: It is exhausting. You no, know, especially when you're yeah. not getting by in, but go
0: ahead. Yeah, and I mean, but over time, though, start seeing the the effort that, and or just sitting down and telling you, man, I need some action here. I need somebody else come up with something. And and I'm really hard about that. And I've done it. I've caught myself several times at the station. It's like, hey, man, what do y'all want to do today? Come up with something. I'm like, well, you know, I throw in my two cents, and then something changes. And they're like, well, why didn't you just come up with it on your own anyways? And like, dang, I did it again. You know, but you gotta you got you gotta step back. You can't micromanage. You gotta give them that leeway to come out and grow on their own and you know, personally and and confidence to be able to talk about the things that they wanna talk about, whether it's irons or ladders or free forcible entry, you sure. know, through lock, whatever it is. But they will find something that they really like and they'll be, they'll be fun with.
1: Awesome. What kinda what kind of dog you got? Sounds like I have dog. an
0: Australian sh yeah, well that one's my schnauzer. He's the He's actually the more of the like a mini crazier feist. No, he's just a regular, regular schnauzer. Okay. We rescued, yeah, we re- we uh rescued him from the country out here. I got you. Acres out here in southeast OKC, and got Australia Shepherd, and we don't have any fence lines or anything, okay. and they just they know their boundary and they stick with it and they pretty much protect. But that schnauzer will run off just about anything. The Australian Shepherd will sit there and bark, but she won't go after him.
1: Gotcha. So
0: it's kind of Funny, funny their roles, but
1: three giant schnauzers. That's why I asked what kind of schnauzer it was. So, love giant schnauzers. But anyway, moving uh, on. I could talk about dogs too, but uh, now engine company operations. <laughs> engine company operations. They are the bread and butter yep. of the fire service. There is no doubt. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. Uh, how how important is it to be plugged into the basics?
0: Oh, extremely. I mean, <laughs> to me, it, if you don't know. Uh, the basics. I mean, what did, it was uh, Jim McCormick that stated, he said, uh, you want an advanced class, then show me advanced skill. Because everybody out there is always like, man, I want, I want technician. I want three times this class. I want it, you know, I want it to be an extreme fire with And You're like, okay, that's cool. I get it. You know, you want some crazy, you know, smoke diver, dude, amazing smoke diver program. It's, it is an extreme program. And, you know, it's, but do you have do you have the basics down first And that's i don't know if anybody if another plug for FDTN, man i when i went up there for that RIT train the trainer it opened my world it it humbled me completely because i thought and mccormick says everybody thinks they're this big you can't see my hands probably on the screen i don't know but everybody thinks they're this big when in reality <clears throat> here's our skill set right? right right we're we're not as good as we really think we are and so, honing the basics, 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 over and over and over. Is there really an advanced class? Is there really tricks of the trade? No, it's just being a professional being into the job and figuring things out.
1: Right on. So,
0: an advanced class really is not, it's, it's no more than an you know, expansion off the basics. I mean, it's not anything different, really. I mean, you're still doing, if you're not good at that basic level of forceful entry with irons and knowing complete tool. Uh, we've gone, had the benefit of going around teaching forcible entry quite a bit and being around different cadres and different instructors teaching forcible entry. Some will be completely ads and not even talk or teach the forks. Some will be completely forced and not even teach the ads. And it's, it's to each, each their own. Right. I mean, right. whatever they feel like is going to work. And I get it, but our whole mindset with forcible entry, the Woods Forcible team, the cadre, everybody is to teach the entire tool know that entire tool to say, if, you know, if it is reinforced and the ads doesn't beat it, then I'm not looking like a fool trying to flip around the tool, messing with it, you know, going with different odds and ends and not truly knowing how to use it. So that way it's to me. And when we teach it, sometimes I'll talk about it. To me, it's like a dance, man. It is dancing with that tool. And I can literally in rhythm with between the ads going to the forts, hitting in hitting uh grabbing my gap with the axe and then coming around back on it and forcing the door with all with my foot keeping my progress and everything about it but just the maneuvering of the body to me is a dance there's a rhythm to it and if you know that tool and you know how it's going to work then that's to me that's how it is but so the company operations is not just pulling hose though and i think you completely agree coming from where you're at sure the smaller i say smaller departments but the smaller departments are what dominate this the country's fire service uh is is the you know 200 minus firefighters not your big city where you have dedicated trucks and all that to where we have to be good not good but we have to be excellent at all things to me yeah, whether swapping it's ladders, hats, yes whether it's yeah you have to we have to be able to swap hats now how can we better ourselves? How can we set ourselves up for success when we talk about having to do all those things? Does everybody, everybody on that rig has got to be able to do those things. But when you come into work, are you putting per se that playbook mindset into play where I show up on the rig? I know what seat I'm in. I know my assignments for the day, whether it's on a fire, on a full arrest, on a general medical call on uh, automatic alarm, the, the, it's it's amazing to be able to have that playbook mindset awesome because to me it just it takes a lot of stress off of everybody that's in there and the officer knows then what everybody's going to be doing so there's not any freelancing you shouldn't have to talk much unless you're changing the plan and then we're all and out you know and then he's he's having to change whatever it is but no absolutely everybody starts part, on, you got your
1: yeah sorry I mean, everybody starts on the same page no. and they're and they're cutting from there and going yes yeah, dude, that's and awesome.
0: It's, and I've, I've worked in both environments where I showed up to work and right at seven o'clock, I finally got assigned a seat and it was just random. It was like, hey, if the fire is on my side, I'm the nozzle guy. If the fire is on your side, you're the nozzle guy. And so like you're heading down the road, trying to look over your shoulder to see which side of the street the fire's on. And then you got smoke blowing across and you, hell, you don't even know where the fire is. And then much less you're like, well, who's going to do what now? And it's like, no, nah, man, don't, don't, you know, people talk about the, you know, first domino falling and a domino effect and just being able to eliminate that. You know, I want, I want a constant where there's a variable. And I talk about that in the engine class and hose and nozzles and everything else is that constant. And maybe it's Gear, I think it was LaGuerre. I could be wrong, but I think he talks big on you know having a constant where they're you know you don't want variables, you want constants where in those situations you know that way those dominoes don't fall. That's start yeah, on you.
1: I love that. And, and and the crazy part is is I've been on crews myself where hey if the fire's on your side you grab the nozzle was a really good plan compared to other crews you know and so it's Man. all relative and and that's the crazy yeah. part about the fire service is it the expectation from from department to department from rig to rig from crew to crew is that varied and so uh yeah and then uh i you touched on it right there which is i love the engine guy versus truckie guy debate slash rivalry and i love busting chops and things like that but truthfully my department we don't have truckies we have we have ladder companies that are manned by when it's when it's time for the ladder to be toned out the engine guys jump on it and take it to the to the fire and it's a it's an apparatus with a giant ladder. Oh, by the way, fire by trade, Brian Brush said, the man, with man in all caps and two ends." So just saying hi <laughs> to you. Uh, but the BB? The ladder company shows up, and it's not truly, there are no true truckies. And so, and like you said, the majority of the fire service, you know, three to five stations, 70 to 150 guys, that's the majority of the American Fire Service in suburbia. Uh, so touching on that, how do you keep your skill set up whenever that's going on at, at, just what what's your thoughts on that basically is what I'm throwing at you.
0: Uh, man, I'll tell you, it's really, it's, you got to have a plan. You know, if, if you're, what, what is the saying? If you fail to plan plan to fail plan to fail. Right. So, I mean, honestly, like get, get it some sort of schedule where you're hitting those skill sets, revolving the, the daily routine, you know, and, and we've kind of finally we kind of come up with something like that instead of you know every morning at the breakfast table just sitting around and start tossing around hey what do y'all want to do today and it's just something random there's no thing you know the training division might be putting out you know hose work for the month or whatever it is but then you know it might be three or four months before they put something else out who knows but like you got to take that into your own hands now right. I know not everybody has the opportunity to have training grounds and all these, you know, props or anything that they at their wheelhouse, but there's plenty of videos. There's plenty of things out there to where you can, within a hundred bucks, you can come up with some little prop to be able to work a tool in right. just to know its mechanical advantages, just little things. Um, so, but with that, like what, what I said with our plan that we came out with and Jeremy put it out on his crew first and he got, I think over a hundred plus responses wanting to see what it looked like and everything else. But like it's Mayday Mondays, uh, I'm trying to think Tuesday, Wednesdays, wet Wednesdays where it's all pumping and right. friction loss and I like that. tapping the hydrants and things like that. And, uh, thirsty or what was it? Thursday was, uh, throwing Thursdays, I think for ladders, ladders you know, okay. all things ladders, inviting the truck crew that's in, whether it's in your district or out, you know, bring them at the training grounds, bring them out to your station to just go back over the truck, set it up, climb the aerial work off the area, whatever it is. But every day, you know, it was Sunday sermons and Saturday stretches and just that's what we did. So each skill set within it all week, we just listed out piece of paper, listed out anything and anything we could do, whether it's low profile or what, you know, one of the things with uh, the Mayday deal was like, hey, what's in our pockets? What is, what tools do you carry in your right pockets? On, right on. Because can't remember. There was one, it was a story, a LOD or something that basically the guy that was stuck, it was two guys and they were stuck. And it was like, Hey man, get your rescue rope out. And he, the guy that it was on his, in his pocket, he'd completely forgot just because of the fight or flight or whatever it was that he was in that situation where he stopped thinking. And the other guy was like, I know exactly what's in my partner's pocket. Hey, get your rescue rope. Let's get out of here. And he's like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. So just simply knowing what your crew has in their pockets, you know, is, is, is vital if you get in a bad way. And it takes 10, 15, 20 minutes to go out there. Everybody talk, everybody see what they got. Why do you use this tool? How we, and then of course that, that's a rabbit hole, man. Sure, that's sure. just a lead in to where you get into like, okay, you've got your, your modified channel locks that are for, you know, going through locks and right. things like that. And then you're like, Hey, let's, let's go, let's go see, you. let's talk about this. Let's go watch a video on this. And then, right. you know. It can go many, many ways, man. But that's one thing that' been truly blessed with having Jeremy as a captain. Man, it just—I think—we went out and stretched and stretched and stretched the other day, and it kind of—I was off the other day when they first did it, and they did some time drills, and I was like, I came in. and, Of course, I'm like, all right, it's my turn. My but, turn.
1: Let's get this on.
0: Yeah, and which luckily the the first one didn't get aired, but then even Jeremy, so humble guy that he'll, he'll put out his mistakes. And I love, that's what I love about him. He'll admit when he's wrong or he'll put out post out when he just completely screws it up and to have his back and on his side, when he did that last one, man, we were out there. I I guarantee you, we were out there for about two hours and we were in our gears, our packs on and it got, it was getting hot. And that last one that I did when I messed out and I went on air and started flowing water. When I took it unhooked, I was like, "All right, it's time to take a break." And I yeah. knew he was at that same level with me because he's a little bit older, sure. so I might have a little bit, little bit of age. He's got a little age on me, so hopefully I can get on that, get but a step
1: on him. No, but he,
0: yeah, I mean, it was, it was something as simple as, you know, he didn't have his bottle on. He did running drills on and off, did forgot to turn it on before the drill, and you know, his helmet falls off and that. And it was just that was one little domino that. Started the effect and everything else, but that's what man. He's he's humble with it all, man, and he truly leads by example and shows that he's he's human as we all are, man. Nobody's perfect, man. But no, and there's my, no, my first run was. Sorry, man.
1: No, no. I would say there's no better place to do it than the training ground. That's where you want it to happen. Oh yeah, man. Let the dominoes yeah. fall there all day long and learn from it. Yeah, but go ahead. That's sorry.
0: where when I got I got humbled when I went to FDT in that first year and went up there and uh we we're doing that rich train the trainer and I, I was with three really solid dudes that went up there with me and i was the youngest one i'm not sure exactly how i got looped into that bunch yet but it, it was a catapult it was catalyst for my career um between that and coming back and teaching the program to the whole department but i got up there and it was like throwing ladders and doing that stuff and i probably i don't know the last time i threw a ladder and i was gung-ho and thought i knew i was doing and boom what did i do through the ladder upside down, right in front of Jim McCormick, presser, Oh, then, dude, it, it was like, that was the most humiliating point in my career. And I was just like, Oh, oh like and them, that, man. at that point was like, I am, you know, now if I did it now, I would be a little bit more like, damn, I just had my head up my, you know, at rear, but then it was being more young and cocky and thinking I could do what I wanted to do. And I did it got shown that I didn't know what what I was doing. And after that it was like I need to start paying attention more. I need to get into the details of the job and create the habits more or less by training constantly on those things. Cause if you don't touch in six months, you're really likely probably just to grab a ladder and throw it upside down. I've seen it in training every time. It doesn't matter, you know, you get gung ho and you're trying to compete or you're trying to do something in time and boom, you throw it upside down. It's like, yeah, it's cool. If it's going to the second story and you don't have to <laughs> you don't have to raise it. As soon as you go to raise it, you're like and those sets and reps matter man
1: those sets and reps mean so much and like right now I'm listening to I'm not reading it but I'm listening to On Combat with Grossman and he talks about there's so many uh, examples he gives in there of uh, life and death situations when the stress level rises and you get into the red zone the gray zone and if it's not something that you've trained on and you put the sets and reps on you can throw it out the window I mean that's just all there is to it it's not going to happen and that's the crazy part is uh luckily most people go through their entire careers if they are laxadaisical at all and they'll never be put in that situation but uh no one knows if they're going to be the one that is or isn't and that's the part that, that uh is the that you have to focus on. Uh, those sets oh, and reps yeah. matter. Man,
0: is, for sure, man. That is you got to create the habit, man. Otherwise Cause you're going to fall back. Yep. You will fall back. And we've said that plenty of times at the station level in our trainings, man, it's where you're going to fall back to whatever you've been doing. And if it's in the recliner a lot, when likely that's where you're going to fall right back to. So it's the discipline of it all, man. And that's, uh, kind of where, uh, when I do classes anywhere or anything else, it's my choice, my, the reflection that I see in myself and or the uh, verse that, like comes out to me is is Hebrews 12:11, man, and it, it more came when I was in the training division. But then it really just it really hit me that and it's it. I'll just read it to you that no sure. discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful later on. However, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So that I mean that literally just speaks to the discipline, the habit, creating the habit. And if you if you don't, man. You're going to be shown it sooner or later, you know, all right, you, you might go your whole career without, without ever having to deal with it. It is very plausible that that could happen, but you don't want to be that guy, right. just like, you don't want to be that guy in the station that you're all by yourself. Everybody else is out doing whatever it is or talking, whether you're just having a cup of coffee, you know, those are where that crew integrity comes really solid. And that crew comes together is during those times, man. So don't find yourself on an island, but get disciplined into the job and in life.
1: I like that. Don't find yourself on an island. I really like that. I'm going to steal that one. All right. Uh, you love forcible entry. There's no doubt. And you make a badass prop. What's forcible entry? Talk about the prop for a minute. Uh, what all went into designing it and things like that. And, uh, your love for forcible entry basically.
0: Well, the, the start of that was uh, really my entry into it was just pure support and work, uh, between me and Lindell were on the same shift at the same station when it was all kind of coming to uh brush had just got on and he had this, he had kind of this little prop, but Lindell had been working and doing, he's kind of a fabrication kind of guy, you know, could weld and do some other little things, but he, he literally, we had uh, the red door prop. I'm not going to name any names. It was a red one that we had and we taught on it taught the whole department forcible entry, but it just created bad habits. It was a single door one way so that you didn't, You know, even I had an issue when I trained on that and got good at one, basically hinges on the left and the knob on the right. I could do that all day in my sleep.
1: Just just training to the prop, basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're training the prop. And and that's what happened. It just had such a short prize on the door, wasn't full length and all these things that it was like, man, we need a, you know, need a better prop. And Lindell started fabricating like metal you know, commercial metal frames and trying to support them up, and they would go. would go out and boom, two two forces, and it just you know, right there. All right. 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 That, that was that was 1.0 and then they went to 2.0 and then brush had this, this jam section, and then it basically evolved around that jam section, and freaking became this the OG prop that we have, and we kept the header to it because we ended up uh, stenciling on AMDG, which the. Latin for give you know, glory to God basically okay, okay. type deal was was stenciled on it, but we kept the header main piece to it because the rest of it, man, it was ugly. <laughs> <laughs> but it was the start of it all. And it took a beating, man, and it was in service probably until about six months ago. Okay. So and then this is we're going on about three and a half golly, man crazy to think about three and a half years, almost four years of this, of of the prop being what it is, but man, it was something that happened in the back of the station, Right. just pure passion and and professionalism and just getting into it and the details and working through things and 2.0, 2.5, 3.0, until we got something that we were like, dang, this is pretty cool. I wonder if you had it fabricated and made it clean and we did and then it just kind of with with brush and his outreach man it you know that was huge right and then a couple of people started hitting up for it and we literally facebook only marketing type deal until this last year or so where jeremy's kind of stepped up and took on the instagram page and kind of you know got the outreach a little bit further there sure and man you know between that and it's it's going amazing man we get we get a ton of uh, support ton of kudos and people just you know giving us you know awesome reviews right
1: well it's an unbelievable yeah you know, it's just
0: word of mouth ma- yeah it's word of mouth man it's full length double door you can do just about you can make any modifications you want to it. Yes. you know really to be honest we're, we're we're constantly kind of researching and developing other little things between the you know we got the new commercial door sleeve and it, that little system that you can put on to where you can get a really good door crush and attach a drop bar, actual drop bars to it, that secure it to the back. And so then you can go basically to a regular, basically like you're going to a regular commercial door, you get it, you force it, you try to force commercial, and then you find that you've got a drop bar system. You can cut your carriage bolts. You can, you know, hit it with the pike and drive them out or whatever, however you want to defeat it. There's, you know, a couple different ways that you sure. can go at it and do whatever, but, and beyond that, if you have a metal door, you just tap all the carriage bolts to it. You can put a hundred freaking carriage bolts and, you know, practice, practice, you know, practice driving, practice cutting, whatever it is. And so one of the newest things that we're coming out with is the, the lock sleeve. It's just got a bunch of like D ring type deals and little uh, secure places where you can put locks and chains and things like that. And kind of trying to work something out with Seth. To, Seth sat it down in Texas with the Brasky and his unit. And he's got that forcible padlock deal and ch- kind of package deal to where you know people can buy that and you can have your forceful entry prop for residential commercial you can attach that sleeve to the outside for lock and chain and what weak chain strong chain just all depends and uh one of the guys that kind of has been instrumental in that was uh Piercy, josh Piercy out of yeah. okc yeah. and he's got training solutions uh that that's his training side so he's coming on the screen
1: yeah he's, man he's probably be later in november but
0: yeah yeah, you know, he's solid, man. And so he's kind of been more the research development on that, that lock plate and everything else. So, uh, beyond, I mean, it's just been, it just keeps going, yeah. man. And I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm more the finance. <laughs> I'm the finance guy and I've been labeled as a finance guy, but it kinda, it's been funny because when we get to go on, go to conferences and teach and that kind of thing, man, it's always, they got to get the finance guy's approval. <laughs> going out and having a good time. It's like, hey, hey finance guy, what right. we what we got tonight? And it's, right. it's just it's kind of an ongoing joke at this point. But man, between Brush and having his outreach and the instrumental part of the the prop itself mm-hmm. and the the business, uh, and just to be real, man, because I mean, anybody that's done business with friends or family or anything else knows that there's up and downs. Sure. And it was no different here, man. We, and you know, I hope that it doesn't rub any of them wrong, but yeah, we had our ups and downs, man. People had opinions and thoughts of where things were going to go. And it was rough for a little while. And it's, you know, early on. And, but thankfully (laughs) by the grace of God, that we didn't just pack it up and get pissed off at each other and, and, and walk away from it, that we all were grown men and we all made, you know, compromises and whatever it was and and everybody. So to date, it's just, it's an absolutely amazing relationship between all three guys and the business itself. And just keep the ball rolling, man. And keep trying to want the window bar, kind of a security bar window prop that brush is working on. That's, that's another added deal. And the, the benefit of it all is, is that it breaks down. Right. So like your big door props, I get them and they're, they, they will last just as longer longer than ours. I don't know. We've had multiple ones of ours, our original ones are in the colony, Texas, and they take a beating daily and they're still rolling. And I mean you're talking three and a half, four years in. Right. And I mean, give a shout out to Garrett Rice and those guys down at the and Scott Thompson, that freaking colony for believing in us and I mean buying one for every station. And that's the whole mindset with it is that it's so it is affordable. You can basically buy three for what you could get a big commercial one sure you can put them at all your whether it's a volunteer house and they're doing a fundraiser for it or they host a class to raise the money for it, whatever it is it's affordable it's portable it fits when we literally ship it it fits on a single pallet i sometimes can fit up to three on a single pallet to be able to ship to you reduces cost i mean it's just That's awesome. we're not i'm not gonna lie and say we're not making money but we're not here to become millionaires right. by any right. stretch we are literally it's something that's out there to hopefully give to the back to the guys because we've had several people that have taken it and built their own off of it more power to them. But typically when we talk to those guys, it's like, yeah, man, we're into the third try of this thing. And they're pretty much at the same cost. Right. That's kind of the key point is, is keep it low enough cost to where if, even if they want to do it themselves, that it's, it's, it's really not that beneficial. unless They just want the ownership of it. Right. Yeah. And that was, that was the thing that freaking, uh, Garrett Rice did for us in one of his posts, man, because he believed in us and he bought one for their own personal training deal. He freaking did a post about the teamwork that this thing brings in. Because not only, you know, are you getting this prop, but as a crew, you're building it. You're painting it, you're stenciling right. it, you're owning that thing. You are putting time and effort into this thing. And it's just you don't you don't get that out of anything else. So it's, that was one of the biggest posts, I think, reactions. Like, honestly, when he made that post on Facebook, I bet I got 20 emails within 30 minutes. Right on. They were just like, oh, oh my God. And it was just like, I can't even thank him enough, man. So. Well, I personally love
1: awesome. the prop, and I say that because we have one, and I'm using it Thursday. We have a tactical Tuesday on Thursday because of Hazmat Ops uh, refresher. But it's on Thursday, and they, they have to force the door and go inside. Zero viz, make a grab advance the hose down the hallway. So it's a, it's a great thing. And that, it all starts right there at that woods forcible injury prop, making entry into the house in our simulation of yeah, our, man. of our training. Appreciate it, man. It's awesome, man. It is a great prop. All right. And speaking of Scott Thompson in the colony, this is one of the questions I wanted to throw at you and close this, uh, question, uh, part out with, but he basically made a post yesterday and I found it on Facebook and basically he just said, he was asking the Facebook community and I love Scott Thompson, chief Thompson's amazing man. Uh, he said, to the Facebook community, in your opinion, do those we serve want their fire department to be really, really good at a few things or average at many things? And he was just basically sparking debate. What does the public expect of us? Do they want us to be experts at a few or uh, average at many? What do you, what, what's your answer to that, to Scott Thompson's question to Facebook?
0: Expert at a few or average in many. Man, well,
1: (laughs) I got my answer. I'll tell you, I can't, I can't
0: can't go. I I mean, I literally can't go with average at many. I just, I don't like average anything really personally and honestly, but in my perspective of the question, not, not that it's loaded, but being an expert at a few with many experts, then that would be like, as when I'm talking about our crew, like I I can't be an expert at everything. Right. I can, I can know and love and do everything I can with the engine. And maybe one of the guys is more of a forceful entry guy. And one of the guys is more of a ladders guy. And one of the guys is more of a construction guy. One of the guys is an electrical guy. It's knowing to me, it's that right there. Having a, a leader, informal, formal leader that is going to find the strengths of his crew and the experts of his crew that will, when on scene, he's humble enough and not egotistical or micromanagement, that he will rely on his experts to give the citizens the expert level of care.
1: I like that. So basically both. Because my answer was going be- <laughs> to But no, I was going to say the public expects experts at everything. That's what they expect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, whether that's yeah. realistic or not, I don't think that was what Chief Thompson was asking. I do love your answer, though, which is... Uh, and find the guys who are passionate about something, embrace it, and and accelerate it, and enable it, empower it, and then be humble enough yeah. to step back and let them be the man when it's time for them to do yeah. their thing. Dude, I, that's a an that's awesome answer. So
0: Sometimes it's just the guy that likes to talk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, more often than not, when dealing with the public, that is a very important key uh, aspect. Yeah. So moving on from that, I always like to ask my guests uh, if they have a book or books that they think firefighters should read. So do you have a book or a book that you think firefighters should read?
0: Uh, So mindset wise, which you brought up on combat, which I've listened to and read and I I do, I really like that. That's a huge, good base for both mental and physical and just the mindset and overcoming things. But a mindset one that really comes to mind is deep survival. Lawrence always Uh, kind of more, Going into the theory of knowing why people do things that are somewhat irrational, just just makes no sense. Talking about. Right? Yeah. Like I mean, one of the deals is like you know, snow uh, snowmobilers are going up a the mountain. They know that the the avalanche crews that have been setting off the deals to control the avalanches haven't been up in you know months, but and they know that it's like an eighty ninety percent chance of an avalanche. And what one guy still just keeps riding on? And what happens? It's like so why? And that's knowing and trying to figure out getting more. And I wish, and if I ever go back to get my master's or anything else, it will probably be more along those lines of the psychology end of things. Right. It's just knowing why people do things, why the mind works, the switches and and people being able to turn those things off and just keep going, even though they're staring like death in their eyes, or it might be something that's going on in their life or whatever it is. But Lawrence, because that, that's a deep survival is really good into that mindset of why we do certain things that are just pretty damn irrational. Right. So, oh, yeah. And, and I've been I've done several of them and it kind of was like eye opening, like, huh, you know, but just a solid read uh, and a really good entertainment. it has got a lot of good lessons. Don't get me wrong, is uh, Get It On by Kenny Thomas. Uh, it's, his, it's his take, his story on uh The Battle of Mogadishu, Black Hawk Down, he was on the ground. I was fortunate enough to go up to a leadership conference up in, if I'm not mistaken, it was Portland. It's been several years ago. But got up there, and he was one of the speakers, man. And by hands down, he was the best one for the week and just captivating, entertaining. He's a Nashville recording artist, country music type guy. And so, but he tells his take on it and has a lot of life lessons in it. And One of the biggest lessons is basically – you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's simple and thought and everything else that we think about and everybody has that thought is that we are strong as our weakest link. Right. Right. That's just, that's the nature of the beast. Like no matter what, if, if we have a crew of four and we're down in a situation and it's a situation, we're only going to be as strong as that weakest guy. If he rips his mask off, everybody else has now just got, it just got worse for everybody. But if everybody can be strong and, or we can pick each other up along the way, whether it's putting in a plan of action or, you know, weekly trainings or whatever else to get ourselves mind, right. And being in our gear once a tour, whatever it is, but that's literally, he goes through a spill on one of the guys that was introduced to his crew that nobody cared for, nobody liked. And he could have honestly been like, you know, Hey, we got to get rid of this guy, but instead turn, make it an advantage, find his strengths. There's always a reason for it. Find what he's good at. And he ended up being the one when, hit the fan that he you know when they were crossing the street and laying cover fire he was the one that grabbed another guy and basically saved his life because the guy was starting to freak out and he was the one that was, was the stronger link at that point and it's because they didn't give up on him because they put in the time and effort that they, they needed to to get him where he needed to be because he was a part of the crew it doesn't matter if you get assigned a brand new guy or a 15 year guy that's a freaking bump on the lot guess what he's your problem now he is your guy
1: He is your guy, you
0: know, so start and, you don't have to get all crazy and be gung ho the whole time, but just start chipping away at it, man. Make him an asset to that crew somehow, some way. So, but yeah, man, if you ever have a chance and he's speaking anywhere around or anything else, man, the story on its own is, you know, just amazing story the black Hawk down and what they went through down there on the streets, man. It it was intense. And he has one, he's really good storyteller. So
1: get it on. And who is the speaker?
0: His name's Kenny Thomas.
1: Kenny Thomas, okay. Making sure yep. I got that right. Okay, good deal. Awesome, okay. Well, I do this thing every yep. scrap. It's called Five Questions for Firefighters. All right, and it all it's simple five questions, no, no trick questions. It's only about your opinion, and the points are arbitrary. So, Justin Mann, are you ready for the five questions for firefighters?
0: Let's see what you got. All
1: right. Question number one. What is the number one issue facing the modern fire service? It's a softball, see?
0: complacency
1: <laughs> i love that i love that answer so any elaboration or is that it just one word
0: uh i i mean the just the pure discipline of the job and not getting into the comfortable lifestyle of that a firefighter can you right. know no 100 percent i mean miners or whatever it is if you know firehouse vigilance the whole reason
1: it was started is the never-ending fight against complacency so if you say that answer you get max points automatically so all right uh number two family feuds over bro (laughs) what is the thing you are most excited about for the future of firefighting
0: (laughs) the first thing that pops into my mind is the the push and the resurgence of the low pressure line and the nozzle, and getting away from automatics. So nice. That that would be that is what I'm excited to see and excited to be a part of, and getting knowledge and information out there that, that it just that is truly my belief and my passion that that's what you should be in. So,
1: so no question on where you fall on the fog nozzle versus smooth debate.
0: Well, not 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 fog versus smoothbore, you okay. know, automatic. Uh, okay. Versus. You got to be very uh,
1: clear in our, our I don't I
0: don't I don't I don't yeah, I don't hate fog nozzles. I think a fog nozzle has a purpose and I, if you're if that's what kind of type of nozzle and you wish to be able to have a straight stream, that it'll provide a, you know, no pitch or whatever. I I love Elcart. Um so Having a chief fixed at you know fifty at one sixty match with my seven eights underneath, if that's the choice. Now, if I have a choice to just run straight smooth bore, simple is better. You know. Fair enough. Simplicity. Nope. I like it. No variables. No I, variables. Me, I,
1: I know that. Uh, yes. Okay. I will, I'll leave it there. Uh, <laughs> in your opinion, what is the best rank or position to be in in the fire service?
0: Uh whichever one you're in Ooh. that, I mean, you got it. You, you have to make, you can't be, it's almost like trying to live up with the Joneses or looking in the past or looking towards the future, uh, live for where you are and learn everything you can in that position at that time and love it. Doesn't matter if you want to be an officer and you're you have to be a driver, man, you will learn and be a better officer. If you, to me, become and do that driver, you know, if that's the mindset and the, the culture I say of your fire department is that you have to go through progress then progress. Then you know exactly what's active your driver and what he's going to be doing all the time. So okay, I can say, i live in the, the position you're in.
1: I say about 20 times. I've asked these five questions is that what, I did. These have evolved, but about 20 times I've asked that. It's the first time anyone's ever said that, but basically you're saying wherever you're at, be all there. I'm not sure who said be that. All but there. Be, all in. be all in. I like it.
0: He, all right. Didn't you? Didn't he Mark gone off and on not too long ago? I did. Or is he coming yeah. on? No, he, yeah. he was so. on
1: the big four. Absolutely. Be all, yep. all, all in. All in attitude. All in. All out effort. Uh, number four the best advice you have ever received.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> uh, best advice that I've ever received. Automatic nozzles
1: lie to you. <laughs> now say that one more time, because so I think. It, it, say, it.
0: Auto, automatic nozzles lie to you. Lie to you. That's just kind of okay. like, yeah, they lie to you. They're always covering up their their insecurities and their flaws and their their kinks and their if they're clogged or any, you no matter what you always have a good looking stream and it gives you a good reach, right? Right. So no, they're
1: catfishing. It's
0: kind of, it's kind of yeah. You can say it's like going to the to the strip club and there it is. The lights are dim, and everybody looks great, right? And then and the sun comes out. It's like, whoa, wait. Nah, change will come out. So, no.
1: What just happened? So, Automatic yeah. nozzles lie to you. I yeah. like that. I like yeah. it. <laughs> All right. Number five. Heavy fire and tenable space. Would you rather be assigned to the nozzle or first in on VES?
0: Uh, make the grab.
1: Make the grab. That's hard to yeah. argue with.
0: I love engine. I love hose. I love stretching. I love flowing water, man. But uh to be I mean they play on each other, don't get me sure. wrong. to be able to be a, I mean if I can go in and isolate the door now, if there's no door, I really need the engine even more,
1: yeah, sure.
0: and you can have a trucky, trucky engine debate right there for by all means, but truckies definitely need the engine guys but uh i've I've made some some good fire attacks and made some there's there's nothing like it. I've never actually got to make a you know, grab say BS style or anything else. And it would be, that would be definitely like a bucket list. I want to be that guy. I want to be the guy that's coming to rescue me. I want to be, I want to, if that's what it caused me to do on that day, I want to be that guy. If it happens, I want to be there.
1: No, that's the mindset you have to have to keep that complacency at bay, man. So that's awesome. Awesome answers. Dude. Awesome. Five questions for firefighters. Justin, man, max points on number one, for sure. All the rest of them. Good answers. Uh, Best place to contact you. Anything you want to talk about? Uh, where do you get the woods forcible entry prop? Uh, I know Mid America Fools has the Mid America conference coming up in in November. Uh, what else is going on for you right now?
0: Uh, man, it's been pretty you know low key with the whole COVID yeah. and everything. Yeah, it's not been... been. We got to yeah, we got to go and teach first conference. Kind of since the whole COVID came out was up at the wake of the Ozarks the Revolutionary Fire Tactics. Uh, Lake up there, that conference up there it's been a good one, it's been three years running now that we've been a part of and we had a freaking amazing cadre up there this year between Linda and Luke and we got to bring our newer guys with us Garrett and uh, uh, we actually got to have a guy join in from Arkansas Josh Cox which he's been kind of bouncing around and so that that was an awesome opportunity and beyond the kind of local guys it was Todd Edwards from Atlanta and Jonathan Brumley from we did a mile, it was called mile high in the south. So guys from, you know, Denver all the way Oklahoma and all the way out to Jonah Smith out in the Carolina. That's so awesome. That was a huge opportunity. So, yeah. So, uh, it was looking like water on the fire, possibly that got, you know, no, right. no go there. Uh, we've got November, uh, with the fools. We've got November with, uh, the Illinois conference up in with Jeff Bryant and those guys up there and, I think it's in Rockford this year, somewhere up in the area where we're gonna be doing a stretching for success class. Sweet. Up there with brush and Ray, hopefully as long as nothing goes crazy and right. that goes down or sure. whatever. So
1: it's all the caveat.
0: Uh, the... Yeah, man. Right now you're just playing it by ear, man. Whatever we can get in, we can get in. It's it's awesome to get back out there and get around the guys and and spread the love and, and do all that, man. But and honestly, my, my, my gear is, is more turning towards attending conferences. I would love to take, once this kind of ramps back up, is just picking two or three conferences in 2021 and just literally going and taking them. Just taking, yeah, yeah, just
1: enjoying them. Yes.
0: I just, I want to go be, and, and I mean, I think as instructors, you can get so wrapped up in the instructor side and not, not continue to grow. I mean, you get so caught up in your own little niche that you start it. to slowly, kind of just you, you create your own bubble, and then we're not getting out of our bubbles anymore, and then we're, you know, internal and sticking external and all that. So sure. that's my thing is I want to I want to get out there and just just I want to go and be a student, And Yeah, I mean, so it's awesome to be an instructor. It's a privilege. It's humbling and everything else, I and mean, it is a ton of work. Don't get me wrong, and I love it. I prep and prep prep, and I hope whatever class. If you've ever been to any of our classes. That you've gotten everything out of them that we've tried to deliver, and it's been organized and everything else. Because I'm kind of a organized nut, a little bit on the you know OCD and things like that when it comes to all that and playing sure. things out. Which doesn't always go, but so yeah, man. We've got a couple coming up, and we'll see if they play out, man.
1: Awesome. Uh, Dude, I've had a blast today. I've enjoyed talking to you. The Five Questions for Firefighters, the books you suggested, and, of course, the whole discussion we had. It was a good time. Uh, coming up, uh, first guest in September, Benjamin Martin of Embrace the Resistance. Uh, Dennis Riley, you mentioned Jonathan Brumley. He's coming up in September. Jason Patton, John Velado, So make sure you tune in and catch the, the weekly scrap coming up. Uh, thank you to everyone for tuning in tonight, catching it on podcast, listening to it. And you guys truly make the scrap great. And mostly tonight, thank you, Justin Mann, for being the guest on Weekly Scrap, number 45. Thank you, sir, for coming on.
0: Uh, Thank you, man. Have a great night, bro.
1: Everybody else, I hope the tone stays silent. Unless it's burning, stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Scrap. Please subscribe and please share. We'll see you at the next episode.